Hello and welcome back to Sea Red UK, where quite simply it's a Chicago Bulls thing. Wherever you're listening, rate, review, subscribe, it helps us and ensures you don't miss another episode. I'm Matt and as usual, joined by Neil. How are we doing, Neil? I'm good, Matt. I'm good. Looking forward to having a bit of a chat tonight. Yeah, um, obviously we're still trying to put that content out there. Um, I think we're, well, I know I'm fully rested. I don't know about you. No, I'm not. I live I live with my family during the week, not like you, you know, often you just try getting, <laughs> getting decent rest. <laughs> I wouldn't call it decent so, rest. <laughs> well, anyway, in fairness, when I'm away with work, um, I'm trying to sleep on uh, airplane seats, so... I know it's not always best to try and sleep in the uh, the office in which you work, but um, yeah, I suppose I'm in a proper bed, but I'm still dealing with family life, so yeah, it's not always great. I just, I just have to do that on a weekend. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, part part time parenting, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So obviously, um, I think I've mentioned before on here that I don't really do rumours um, with regards to bulls or anything in that for that matter but obviously this time of year that's all it's full of on social media is rumors and let's bring d rose back mm-hmm. and basically every player that either gets waived uh, hits free agency potential trade rumor obviously bulls nation goes into overdrive and uh, we've got to get them <laughs> and they are going to come to chicago obviously every time Everybody comes to Chicago. <laughs> so, now the first one I just wanted to talk about is uh, it's something that I actually put into our chat the other day, just messing around and said, remember where you heard it first. And then within, what, five, ten minutes, it was all over um, social media that obviously certain members of Bulls Nation were saying that we need to get him. And that is Jalen Green. Mm-hmm. of the Houston Rockets. Now, obviously, the rumour started because there was a... I think it come from Jake Fisher that Rockets were going to look at trying to get some sort of a star or a superstar or whatever, and he was going to be part of that package. Um, obviously, like I say, sarcastically, I dropped it into the chat, but then it did go off on Bulls Nation or on Twitter and that as well. So, obviously, the rumour, people start putting the the uh, trade machine into overdrive and you know we're getting Jalen Green for DeMar DeRozan and whatever else is included in it and I think basically we just want to touch on when these players are rumoured whether we'd actually want them at Bulls or not whether obviously it's probably never going to come true but just obviously give our opinion on whether we'd like that player at Bulls Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I'll go first because I know you were a little bit um, underprepared with this side of it. Yeah. But, um, I mean, for me, like I like Jalen Green. I think Rockets have got a good young core of players there that, well, can go either way in the league. Really, they're either going to make it or they're not. And obviously, Jalen Green kind of heads that. But would I want him at Bulls? The answer is no, because we've already got Zach Levine. Mm-hmm. And I think he's that type of a player. Um, you know, obviously athletic, can go off from three, 
but can also disappear in games. And um, obviously the rumours were trade Demar, so you'd, you'd have Jalen Green and Zach Levine, and you know Zach's not going to come off the bench, is he? So no. unless you're going to swap swap positions, then then what's the point in getting Jalen Green in? And then the other rumours were Zach Levine for Jalen Green. And to me, you're just setting yourself up for another Jimmy Butler slash Zach Levine scenario in three years' time or whatever. You know, why did we do that trade? Look at what Zach's doing, whereas look at what Jalen Green's doing. So, yeah, obviously, like I say, it's all just rumour, all hypothetical, but that's my opinion on it. I personally wouldn't do it as much as I do like Jalen Green. Yeah, um, I mean, it's like you say, he pretty much brings to the table what we have in Zach already and what we have in a more rounded version of it in Zach. You know, Zach obviously is in his peak prime years as a, as an NBA player right now. And as we've seen, Zach, when he plays well, he's absolute top class in out of the league, you know. With Jalen Green, I suppose all you're all you gaining there that's more beneficial than what you have with Zach himself is age. Yeah. You know, Jalen Green is a good bit younger. I mean, he's what? He's in his early 20s anyway, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so you've got more perhaps longevity, more opportunity to build around more of a future perhaps with Jalen Green, which is possibly why people are getting a bit hyped or excited about the whole idea and whole prospect behind it. But for me, um, I prefer to, to stick with Zach. Um, like you say, putting the two of them on the same team just team just wouldn't work. They're both starters. They both give you pretty much the same thing and they wouldn't work coming on, onto the floor at the same time, really. Um, yeah, for, for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it either. But no. I, do, I, do, I do see why certain people would be high on the idea of it. For me, I think you've got a bit more of a tried and tested model in Zach, and it's not like he's at the end of his career, is it? He's still got no. <laughs> some prime years left in Zach Levine too. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> and then the second one that's just come out, well, not long before we started recording, actually, uh, Dylan Brooks of mm-hmm. Memphis Grizzlies apparently is no longer going to be of Memphis Grizzlies. As if yeah, they're not going really to, <laughs> they're not going to offer him a new deal. So, uh, again, as usual, Bulls Nation has <laughs> gone in. You know, <laughs> there's some <coughs> bigger sort of creators, bigger accounts, whatever, putting out there. Would you want him? You know, and it's just. Like I, said, I don't think there's anything in it. I don't think people genuinely want him. Uh, all these creators genuinely want him. I think they're just putting it out there to, obviously get an answer and uh, yeah for me it's a big no you know Mm -hmm. he's probably talked his way out of an NBA slot the way things went for him in that uh, Grizzlies Lakers series yeah and I know we've got Dylan Terry that likes to dance on the sideline but I can't stand Dylan Brooks with that stupid little entry dance thing that he's got Grizzlies doing Um, oh was that was that his uh, creation was it I think he's kind of headed that year, and it just okay, okay. It just annoys me, um, and it was part of the reason why I started to dislike Grizzlies. Um, 
No, in terms of obviously Dylan Brooks as a player, I think there could possibly be a need for him in Bulls um, from a defensive point of view. It doesn't really solve any of the problems on the offence. And I mean, if he's going to talk tough, he's got to play tough, hasn't he? And I, I don't think he really does. He's a bit of a flopper. He's a bit bit of a um, bit of a drama queen, she was here. And I just I couldn't watch that on this Bulls team. Mm. So, well, by all accounts, he has a good sucker punch, though. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, we kind of thought we were going to get a little bit of that with Pat Bev, didn't we? Um, mm. I mean, I think Pat Bev's maybe just honed it in a little bit, and over the years honed his skills as well um, so it doesn't look as obvious but no for me I'm with the rest of whatever Bulls Nation is saying and that is no yeah no yeah hard hard pass so yeah I mean they're the two rumours that I've seen going around in the last few days and like I say nothing in them but just gives us something to talk about and another opinion basically mm. now Something else that we've constantly been asked about is why don't we cover more of the NBA rather than just Bulls? And the simple answer is I'd class myself as a diehard Bulls fan and a casual NBA fan. And I wouldn't really want to give opinion on something that I'm not fully invested in. Yeah, I'm the exact same. You know... I mean, it's, as far as the NBA is concerned, you know, I'm a box score watcher and I follow the narrative on social media because that's all I'm seeing of it. Whereas, obviously, we're Bulls, we watch every game live and we can create our own narratives because well, we're gauging opinion from what, watching live. However, obviously, like I say, we are casual NBA fans, I'd say. Um we we are up to date with what's going on, um, and let's say we've been. I think it was Geordie Bulls asked us first time for our, well, who we were rooting for in the in the playoffs with Bulls not been there. I think we both gave the answer of Kings. Yeah. And yeah, that didn't go down well. Um, or didn't go too well, should we say? Well, we can't um, root for him anymore. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and then I think it was Friday after our last episode went out, Maria asked us, you know, she wasn't sure if we'd been asked before, um, but asked again, and obviously we did mention Kings, and then Kings eventually did lose to Warriors. So we just thought we'd give updated predictions, you know, now we're into round two of the playoffs, and we know who's there and who's not. So... I think we'll only go as far as this round to see who, who we predict will, or who we think will win the games. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess, obviously, now we'll give who we're actually rooting for as well because with the Kings being out, we need a new team to root for. <coughs> so we'll start with the East. Uh, obviously, Knicks against Heat. Um, Yeah. <laughs> I'm not rooting for any of them put it that way 
you know, <laughs> I, I can't root for any other team in the East. I, I just can't do it. No, I, I, I'm the same. And in terms of this game, I mean, how I judge a lot of teams is if there's players on the team that I hate, I definitely can't root for them. So I guess in this game, I want Knicks to to take the series. Uh, do I think they'll take the series? Probably. Well, it all depends on Jimmy Butler's health. Um, mm. Obviously, he rolled his ankle in game one. Yeah, um, looks pretty nasty to be fair. But you know, if he's fit and playing, then I think Heat take it. Unfortunately, because obviously I don't want to see that. Um, I'd rather, obviously, a team coached by Tibbs got it, and a team that's well still got D Rose on the roster. You know, I can't root against somebody that hasn't, or you know, can't root against a team facing D Rose basically. So yeah, I want Heat, uh, want Knicks to win it, but I think Heat will take that one. Okay, um, I think that the Knicks will take it purely based on the toughness and the grit that Tibbs will basically force them <laughs> to, to to use on the court. Um, yeah. I do think that a fully healthy Jimmy Butler could have had enough to push him past. But I just reckon that if Jimmy's not at 100%, that Heat team just simply isn't good enough without him Um 100% playoff Jimmy um, he looked very sheepish towards the last few minutes of the game after he rolled the ankle and um, if, if he's any bit tentative on that leg it, I just don't think the Heat are going to get it done yeah I did see something today that he's expected to play um, mm. I think I can't remember who it was that put it out but yeah like you say I mean, it's the playoffs, so he's gonna he's gonna want to play. Yeah, but is he essentially gonna end up costing Heat by not being, you know, full playoff Jimmy Butler? That's that's the question there, and, and and I suppose as well to answer your question as to who I'd like to see win. Well, any any Tibbs team, um, I would back against um, the Heat <laughs> any any day, um, and the fact that. D Rose is there as well, even though I think half the time he's only there in in spirit. Um, I'd go for the Knicks. I would prefer to see the Knicks come out, um, even though I can't stand the Knicks and the history that the Bulls have with the Knicks and everything like that. Um, I do think the NBA is always that bit healthier when the Knicks are competitive. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So obviously, the other game in the East. Sixers against Celtics. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, going back to my way of judging, I can't stand Sixers because I can't stand Embiid. I'm not a big fan of Harden. Uh, in terms of Celtics, apart from that whiny little bitch, Grant Williams, there's not really anybody on that team I, I dislike. Um, you know, I like Tatum, I like Brown. Um. Obviously, last night, Sixers, without Embiid, went 1-0 up. Mm-hmm. The, a big performance from Hardon. So, yeah, I, th- I still think Celtics will, will take it. Um, I want Celtics to take it. I mean, I want Celtics to come out of the East, looking at the teams that are left in the East. Just like, like I say, purely on the fact that 
there's less players on it that I hate. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I th- Celtic seem to have that habit of giving teams a bit of false sense, don't they? It's like there you go, you can have a game, but now we're gonna <laughs> go and you know. So I think it's almost like a measuring stick for them, isn't it? They kind of they gauge the opposition and then they go back and watch film and then come back and annihilate them. Yeah, and I mean, I did see that Embiid's meant to be back for game two, or possibly back for game two. Right. And again, I think it comes back to that what we just said about Jimmy Butler. You know, how effective is he going to be, or have Sixers up the game because they had to without him? You know, the ball doesn't stick with him and stuff like that. So it could actually end up being a bit of a detrimental effect having him. I mean, I think is yeah. it tonight we find out who the MVP is. Yes, that's right. <clears throat> You know, and obviously and, he seems to be favourite to get it, but yeah, not not for me. He's not, but anyway. But that injury that he's carrying is it? An, isn't it a knee injury or something? He's yeah, and he's been carrying been... it apparently for a long time. Well, didn't he go down in his rookie year with a knee injury? Didn't he miss his whole rookie bell. year because of it. Isabel, um, yeah. And then, <laughs> I mean, there was that video from the Nets series where he was just falling and falling and falling yeah. you know big seven foot man mountain of a guy falls at nothing yeah and i don't know if it was serious or or what but apparently i saw some sixers account put out that after his knee injury in his rookie year he was told to to fall in a set way to not risk further injury. <laughs> if that's true, it's pathetic. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like I say, it was a, just a video that I'd seen on on Twitter. I think at the time, and I was just like, ah. you know, like I say, I can't stand him because mainly because of all that flopping. You know, yeah. and like I said before, if he didn't get to the line as much as he does through flopping, and you know, a bit like Yanis and the fact that he. It's more offensive fouls that he commits, but gets called the other way. You know, he wouldn't be yeah. half of the scorer that he is. So yeah, 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 yeah. Like I say, so, I think Celtics take it, and I want Celtics to take it. So yeah. So, so basically, what you're saying about Embiid there is that his flopping isn't because he's trying to gain an advantage. It, it, it's a medical problem, and that's why he keeps flopping. According to a Sixers account, yeah. <laughs> okay, just yeah. checking. Um, yeah, it makes sense, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sixers and Celtics. Um, Sixers are up 1-0. As you say, Embiid's meant to be coming back. Um, I've I've tapped the Celtics to come out of the East, I think, from my original predictions. Um, I still think that's the case. Um, I'd love to see Nick Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals, actually. Um, and we'll get on to what might happen at that stage when we get to that stage. But, yeah, I think the Celtics are still... They just they just have too much. They're, they're well-coached. They're, um, they're a well-balanced team. And they know how to bounce back. They don't let things kind of fluster them like some teams can or teams with less experience can. Yeah. And I think they're hungry as well after last year. Mm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, on to the West. Um, 
I don't really know which game to start with because obviously, well, uh, we'll go with the the Suns Nuggets series to start with. Um, obviously, Nuggets two 0 up at the minute. Yeah. Um, I believe they've got a few days off now before Game Three to allow Lakers and Warriors to catch up. Um, yeah, I, Nuggets are the team I'm rooting for now. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in out of everybody, and again, it comes down to the fact that there's not many players on the team that I don't like. You know, I'm not. I won't say I'm a fan of Jokic, but I, I'm not a hater of him either. Um, but I do like Jamal Murray and what he he brings when healthy, um, and obviously that's what we've seen so far in the playoffs. I think. As for Suns, they've got KD. And purely because of that, I hope they go out in four. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying. Oh, you're hoping for a sweep? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, in terms of KD, you know, it, you know, there's no no denying he's an absolutely amazing player. But I just can't stand the whole ring chasing, moving teams, and all that sort of narrative with him. It's just, you know. Clearly not working for him either, apart from his little stint at Warriors. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and just seem to struggle to build a super team around him as well, wherever he goes. So, you know, perhaps if KD wasn't there, it might be a little bit different. You know, I don't mind Devin Booker. I don't really like Chris Paul, but obviously I think Chris Paul's out injured as well now, isn't he? So, mm. you know, so, yeah, I'm rooting for Nuggets. I want Nuggets to win this game, and to be honest, I think they will as well. Or oh, this series, yeah, I yeah. I, I think the Nuggets are definitely looking uh, like they're in the driving seat. Um, you know, especially <clears throat> with Chris Paul being gone now. Um, I mean, he's the heart of the Suns, whether you like him or not. Um, okay, Devin Booker and KD are the, are the scorers, but Chris Chris Paul is the engine. Um, and basically, you take an engine out of the car, and the car's not going to run. So, <laughs> I, I, I think the Nuggets have just got too much. Personally, I really like the Joker. I, I I love his game. I love the fact that he is so kind of nonchalant about the way he plays. Yet he plays like an absolute magician. Yeah. Um, I I'd, I'd like. I definitely want to see Nuggets come out of that, and I think they definitely will. Yeah. I mean, another thing on on I think it was last night's game. Uh, Suns bench only put up four points. Wow, uh, that's falling into Bulls territory, that isn't it? Dangerously so, yeah. <laughs> and I think, <laughs> I mean, I ain't got any stats in front of me or numbers in front of me, but I think Booker and KD only put up closer to thirty instead of closer to forty. And obviously, that's having a big effect on them as well. And I think DeAndre mm-hmm. is just getting absolutely bullied. By Jokic as well, so yeah, you know these. If the big stars aren't working, or it isn't working with the big stars, then unfortunately for Suns, then they don't seem to have anybody that can step up. So right, uh, and then the last one, obviously, I think it was the last one to be set as well, wasn't it? And yeah. uh, Warriors, Lakers. 
I kind of know where you're going to go with this one. <laughs> <laughs> so do you need to ask? <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm the same. I don't want to see Lakers have any more success. I don't want to see LeBron have any more success. Um, I don't mind the roster that Lakers have put together going in towards the playoffs. You know, like Hachimura and Russell and stuff like that. Mm. But, you know, if I just can't stand this whole thing of... LeBron steps on the court and it's all over social media. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, look at him. He's the GOAT, blah, blah, blah. No. It, just because he stepped on the court, it doesn't mean he's actually done anything. And it, it was sort of like, you know, you go on the NBA app and, like I say, you check the box score and stuff like that and the first face you see is LeBron. And I, I get it, you know, obviously he's kind of like the face of the NBA and what have you. But if, even if he's not done anything of, of note, you know, social media and the media in general big it up that much that it just ends up pissing you off. Oh, it does. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. Me too. Don't worry. <laughs> and I mean, I think I've said before, I'm not. I, I don't like Steph Curry, and it, that's probably the wrong, the wrong way to describe it. You know, because he. It, I mean, I don't want to see Warriors succeed either. To be fair, just purely because I want this dynasty that they've got going on to stop um, but in terms of Steph Curry like what I don't like about him is how he's brought the three point game more prominent and obviously Bulls don't have one yeah. um, you know so that's where my dislike of Curry comes in but you know you can't, I've always said he is you know he's an absolute talent you know he's a true leader on that Warriors team and you know he he apparently he'd give a speech you know before game seven and basically saying if if you're not set for it don't come if you don't you know if you're not if you've got something else going on don't come we need everybody to be 100 percent for this game and then obviously he goes out and drops 50 yeah you know so lead by example sort of thing in it and i mean i've said before like obviously i dislike the three-point game and kind of ties in with disliking Curry but it's not the fact that I dislike him and I have always said as well I think he's got to be up there with LeBron in this I'm not going to say the GOAT talk because I don't think LeBron's the GOAT but this best of an era, best of the year or whatever you want to call him you know because LeBron's era has been what 20 years mm-hmm. uh, when did Curry come into the league was it Oh wait, something like that was it? I can't remember now. Uh, I don't know actually. I'd have to look that up. Do you want me to look that up? Yeah, can do. Well, I'll carry on with my point anyway. Yeah, do. Yeah, so obviously he's kind of been in the league. This you know, not the same amount of time as LeBron. But when people are saying that LeBron's the best of the era, you know, you've got Steph Curry that stayed loyal to one team, and he's got four rings. Yeah. You know, Whereas LeBron's moved around and built teams and stuff like that. And I think Curry goes, he's not underrated as such, but he's underappreciated in terms of... Yeah, I agree. Yeah, How the general NBA fan base sort of see him, you know, because if Warriors go on to win this year, that puts him a ring above LeBron. You know, at the end of the day, that's what they're all playing for. You know, yeah, you can get your... 
your finals MVPs and your MVPs and stuff like that. You know, but obviously, even in that sense, Curry's underrated, isn't he? Or undervalued. Because mm. he's only got the one finals MVP, hasn't he? So, you know, yeah, I just think out of this one, I'd want Warriors to come through it for just purely because of LeBron. Um, I think they will take it as well. Obviously, the LeBron Curry matchup's going to be fun to watch. I think as well from afar. Um, but then, yeah, I don't want Warriors to get any further than Lakers. So. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I know. Well, I do know what your take on it is. Yeah, oh yeah. My my take is I would pick absolutely any uh, of the other twenty nine teams in the NBA over the Lakers every time, but. Realistically speaking, um, 2009, by the way, uh, was when Steph Curry was drafted. So I was a year out. You were a year out. You weren't far off at all. Um, so, yeah, so 2009, he came into the NBA. So he's had, what, uh, 14 years as opposed to LeBron's 20 years. Uh, and they have, what, did you say it's the equal amount of rings at the moment? Uh, yeah, I think they were both on four, aren't they? Yeah, right. So, I mean, look, I don't want the Warriors or the Lakers to win the NBA Finals um, at all. So, for the very same reason that you said, well, first of all, Lakers have won so much and bought their way into so many championships over the years compared to other teams. Um, And I just can't stand the Lakers, so I don't want to see them do any more. Plus, then they have LeBron. Um, And, yeah. Um, Warriors... um, you know, I like Steve Kerr. I do like Steph Curry. I do like the fact that he has brought something new to the NBA. Okay, sometimes that's a little bit frustrating because I do miss the the inside game. Um, yeah. And I, I, I do pine for it a lot of the time that it's not in the NBA as much as it was. But at the same time, I really appreciate the talent that goes behind scoring from distance. And like, I mean... Everybody else shoots from the three-point line. Steph Curry shoots from the logo. I mean, you know, to the same, <laughs> yeah. to the same level of consistency, and that has to be that has to be respected. I mean, the guy doesn't stop there either. It's not like that's all he has about his game. You know, he, he's a well-rounded player. He can play. He can play defense. He can dribble the ball. He can make passes. He can get inside. He can finish at the rim. He's an all-round really good player. He's just always you know, known for his shooting from distance. But he's, yeah. he's, he's bigger and better than that. And I do think that gets undervalued and underappreciated, just like you said. Um, I, I really like um, a lot of the Warriors, obviously, apart from one or two, like Draymond. But, um, <clears throat> you know, Clay can be a bit annoying at times, be a bit of a baby. But at the same time, you have to appreciate, when you, you put the two of them on the floor together. I mean, that if they're both shooting well and they're both, you know, in their game, that team is so hard, so hard to stop. Yeah. And that has to be respected and, and, and enjoyed when it's no longer something that's going to affect the Bulls. Yeah. Like I said, to me, well, a lot of my hatred and stuff like that is just, is pettiness really, just because it's not Bulls. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, but I mean, there was that one shot I did see Curry take in, in that last series where it was, his body was all twisted and it was just like, how the hell did he get that in? I know. You know, and 
it's got to be respected and yeah so yeah that's kind of where we're at with our predictions so you didn't actually say who you're rooting for overall oh same nuggets right fair enough so we've both come from kings to nuggets <laughs> yeah yeah um i mean and if you if you wanted me to put them in order i could give you a top three and the top three would be nuggets then sons then the warriors can't, I can't go for anybody in the east, and I hate the Lakers. So, well, makes sense then. Yeah. So yeah, um, just quickly before we move on, I've just sent you a picture on Messenger for you to have oh, a look at. Okay. Um, goes back to uh, the rumours we were just talking about, and it's made me feel physically sick. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, for, obviously, we're not video or anything, so it's a, a picture of Dylan Brooks in a obviously photoshopped Bulls uniform, the City Edition from last year, mm-hmm. with the number twenty-four. Mm. No, that's that's just wrong. <laughs> just, it's wrong on so many levels, but the number twenty-four is is the worst part about it because <laughs> there's only one twenty-four in Chicago. And I don't care if he's going to end up leaving, but, you know. Retire retire it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, um, before we finish with our evaluations, I'll let you do the ad read. Okay. Well, I'm uh, I'm not planning on doing too much during the summer. Um, I've got a holiday planned for kind of towards the end of the year. But um, if I was heading away anywhere nice, I'd want to be going in the, the nicest Bulls gear I could find. And where I could get it at a reasonable price. And you know where that is, Matt? Uh, Victory Sports UK. Victory Sports UK. We have our little partnership going on with Victory Sports UK. It's a UK-based sports apparel and equipment store where you can get your NBA and other sporting goods. Get kitted out in your favourite team gear and rep your squad all summer long. And all C-Red UK group members and followers can avail of a special discount code for 15% off their entire range, including products already on sale. And their end-of-season sale is still on. Just make sure you are liking and following C-Red UK on Twitter or become part of the C-Red UK group on Facebook to receive your exclusive discount code on request. Visit victorysportsuk.co.uk to seal your victory with Victory Sports UK. Yes. So, we are going to finish our player evaluations for last season. And we've got three to get through. First one up is Nikola Vucevic. 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 However you want to say it. Vuce. Vuce. And he ends up with a B grade. 57% 57% of the vote. He actually mm-hmm. picked up a lot more C grades than A grades as well, which I find a bit shocking. But then again, I don't, because it's, it's Vooch. Yeah. Um, just a couple of the comments. Uh, Troy actually did comment on it, and then I'll go to his proper write-up about it. He put, love Vooch, consistent, reliable, just wasn't used correctly. Guy could have easily been a 2012-5 guy had they used him right. And then Maria put same. So obviously I know that Maria's a big fan of Ooch. She's uh, called me out a couple of times on him. <laughs> um, Samadhi, solid player, but I think the trade for him will always lower his value no matter what he does. Uh, Aussie Stew, B+. Guy was our most consistent player all year. His three-point shot was a worse percent than I'd, than I'd have liked. 
dropped or late in the year. But he played every game, rebounded well consistently, and if used more, could have averaged 20-plus points per game too. Hope he stays this off-season. Uh, Agai Gav from the chat. Uh, a traditional big who developed a three. If you look at him in isolation of the way, of what we traded for him, I think a valuable player. As a third option, I think he gives the Bulls a lot. A walking double-double. And... Uh, Jordy Bulls, um, I don't get the hate for Vooch. 2022-23 uh, season, 51 double-doubles out of 82 games, all of which he played. Most points for a centre, 5th. Most rebounds for a centre, 2nd. Most assists for a centre, 5th. Most threes for a centre, 3rd. Most field goals by a centre, 4th. Most minutes played by a centre, 1st. We have to re-sign him again. Uh, while he may have frustrated some members of the Bulls nation when he's been on the perimeter a lot during some games, I think that is a tactical direction more than his choice. Um, and he put him down as an A. And then Troy's right up on him. Mr. Consistent and Mr. Underappreciated. 50-plus double-doubles, played all 82 games. When the team and coach used him correct, Vooch dominated and showed why you traded WCJ and two first for him. The trade looks bad because the team performed poorly. That's not on Vooch. That deal in a vacuum was great. Was a great deal as far as I'm concerned. Fans also need to remember Vooch is a big man who can shoot. He is not a shooting big. So stop complaining about him not continuing to shoot 40% from three like he was in Orlando when we traded for him. And no, he's not the greatest interior defender, but it's not like Rudy Gobert stops every interior shot. I really hope Vooch comes back. So, like I say, Vooch finished with a grade B, uh, played all 82 games, averaged 17.6 points per game, 11 rebounds per game, 3.2 assists per game, and 51 double-doubles in them 82 regular season games. So, uh, I'll let you take it first. Okay. Um, I'm in agreement with an awful lot of what's been said there. Um, I said uh, Vooch is divisive. I understand this, but I think he is still one of our best producers and one of the best big men in the league. His biggest issue is about how he is utilised and how he drifts away from what works, albeit that's not entirely his fault. It is becoming apparent that BD doesn't really know how to get the most out of his bigs. Vooch is a defensive rebound magnet and can pass, score in the paint and shoot fairly well from distance. I give him a strong B. Um, And, you know, the fact that he was... uh, fit and healthy and available for all 82 games is no small feat either yeah yeah availability is the greatest asset in it so yeah yeah now for me I gave him a well a B plus um, which might shock a few people considering he frustrates the hell out of me <laughs> um, you know no denying Mr Consistency you know, 82 games, 51 double-doubles. When he... Uh, it's like I've always said, the reason he frustrates me, I think, is more on the team than actually on Vooch. But Vooch ends up bearing the brunt of my frustration. You know, there's no denying we need to bring him back. You know, because what other options are there out there for a start? Unless you're going to bring in uh, Jakob Pertl. I think he's the only one out there at the minute that I'd take over Vooch. Um, obviously, different type of player altogether. Mm. 
And I think the problem that Vooch has got is, as we've said, or as I've said for a long time, is is the roster construction. I just don't think this roster suits Vooch's game. You know, we all say Vooch getting the paint, but when he's in the paint, he's kind of in the way of Demar doing what Demar needs to do, or Demar's in the way of Vooch doing what Vooch needs to do. And as we've, you know, as everyone's just said there, you know, when we go through Vooch, things seem to to go well, and then we go against it. And it's like, why? And I think, I just I, I just don't think the roster's constructed well enough for us to run the game through Vooch the way that, or go against running, uh, get my words out, go against running through Vooch, you know what I mean? Because we haven't got three-point shooters, so what's the point in playing it around the perimeter? You know, so you kind of need the ball into Vooch. And yeah. Then it's kind of like if Vooch isn't set properly to do one of his little bunnies or hook shots, whatever, and he kicks it back out, he's kicking it back out to somebody who can't shoot threes. So then that I think that adds to a lot of frustration because it's like, well, why have you just done that? Mm. You know, because obviously it's like, well, and then it's, it seems to be that's when they go against or away from going through Vooch then, when it's when he kicks it back out because it's like, well, you've lost your scoring touch now. It's like, well, no, he's just not set. And then whoever mm. he's kicked it back out to, you know, bricks a three or passes it and passes it and passes it and passes it and we end up with a shot clock violation. Right. And everyone looks at it and goes, well, Vooch was there. Why didn't he just shoot it? And then eventually when it does come back to Vooch, he's gone a little bit cold. And he, you know, some of the shots he took last year, you know, within, what, 10 foot and you think how have you just airballed that <laughs> <laughs> you know and I think sometimes that's just he's expecting that defender to be on his back sort of thing and then when they're not it's like oh shit I've got too much room now and I don't know what to do with it but you know I think as like if Fuchs does come back he's going to continuously frustrate me in particular and I think vast majority of Bulls Nation will be frustrated and I think whatever Vooch does he's, he's not going to please everybody um, you know he's obviously he is a certain type of big and some people want a different type of big I guess so I mean one thing I will say with Vooch is I hope he does take his game inside more than around the arc anyway you know because as everyone says there, you know, like Troy said, he's a, a big who can shoot, not a shooting big. Mm-hmm. So, to me, get him away from that three-point line because that, that's a lot of where the frustration comes in it because it's like, Vooch, what are you doing? You're more useful in the paint and all you're doing is bricking seven threes a game now. So, yeah, I think... That's a frustrating player for me, and it'll continue to be a frustrating player. But I do want to see him come back. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd, I'd agree with you. Um, and and doesn't it say a lot that you sit there and say, "Oh, he's a frustrating player," and like I said, he's divisive, and 
and yet we both want him to return. I mean, <laughs> that, that says a lot about his actual skill level and what he actually brings. And like you said, Jakob Pertl is potentially a suitor that we could think about. Um, I agree. I think Pertl is a good player. The only other centre that I could think of that's potentially someone we could maybe talk about is uh, Stephen Adams, who I really like, and I'd love to see in a Bulls jersey one day anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're gaining a couple of years that way too. I mean, he's, I think he's 29 or 30. Um, and I really like Stephen Adams' game. And he brings that toughness that maybe you don't get so much of from Vooch. Yeah. But uh, he still doesn't bring the same game that Vooch has. And like you say, it's kind of a pity that Vooch doesn't fit the system enough. Because I think if we had a system that was either built around Vooch or that just suited his game a little bit more. Uh, like you say, potentially more three-point shooters around the arc. So when he does kick it out, they can actually hit it. Um, that could be quite transformative for this team with Vooch on yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like I say, I think we're both in agreement that he's he's got to come back. Uh, whether he does or not, remains to be seen. Yeah. So, next up is... One half of the Carolina boys, mm-hmm. Bobby White. Now, um, he finished with a, a B grade, uh, with fifty-six percent of the vote. Thirty-seven uh, percent of his vote was for an A grade. Um, he did obviously get our most improved, and I think a lot of people's most improved. Yeah. Uh, he also got the sixth man slash bench player of the year and the unsung hero in our end of season award that we ran um, Jordy Bulls no player on the Bulls roster has improved as much as Kobe has this season after returning from a shoulder injury and being labelled as a player the Bulls need to get rid of by fans he has progressively become a key player and is now pushing and rightly so for a starter spot next season Although I think he is still a valuable bench player, he has that potential if he keeps improving. Rating B+. Um, Damar, DMVP, uh, and then a lot of numbers in brackets. Nobody deserves an A this season, so it would be a B+. Uh, Seb, Kobe White is a much improved. I give B for improvement and to encourage it. Uh, Maria, simply put, I love Kobe. (laughs) Samadhi so happy he improved and hope he stays in the team legit turning to an all round player Uh, Aussie Stew B plus he improved in almost every area especially ball handling and defence but his scoring went down which we need to come back up otherwise he'd get an A Uh, once again Gav massive A going from a defensive liability an ice cold shooter to a valuable two way player this season Continual name drop in trade rumours to one player we need to keep. Uh, Roberto Batoni. Froby just sneaks an A from me. Vast improvement over last year. Seems to have found his spot. Need to shoot more threes though. And Troy's right up. Uh, statistics say he had a poor season. Watching the games, this was easily his best season. The development of his handles and defence have made many fans, including me, go from saying he must be traded to we must re-sign him he had some huge clutch moments for us this season uh, restricted free agent let's hope we can retain him starting PG next year question marks 
maybe, but needs to be paired with P. Will, regardless of starting or sixth man. Uh, say finishes with a B plus. Uh, well, that's what we give him in the end. Seventy four games, nine point seven points per game, two point nine rebounds per game, two point eight assists per game, and his three point percentage was thirty seven point two for the season. Uh, I'll let you give your your grade again. Yeah, um, I wrote. Uh, Mr. Kobe White became Froby White and everything changed. He developed his game and went from being the favoured trade piece to a must-keep. Question is, will he fit into the future of this team and at what price, financially and structurally? The irony is he may have played himself out of a contract in Chicago. He improved on defence, playmaking and ball handling to become a legit two-way player. Still a streaky shooter, but when he gets hot, it seemed like it was the most at the most important times. Strong B. And you know, as anyone that listens to this pod um, regularly knows, I gradually climbed back onto the the Kobe White train. <laughs> At the yeah. start of the season, I was barely hanging on, uh, and I was influenced by yourself to, to, to keep hanging on <laughs> and, to, <laughs> and, and to join you on on Kobe White Paradise. And and I have to say, you were bang on. You were right. We've talked about this before. Um, Kobe White really, really impressed this season um, really showed what kind of a player he's turning into. And, you know, I'll let you have your say now in a second. I know you've got, I know you've got a lot to say on it because um, for anyone that hasn't checked it out yet, Matt has written a piece on it as well. I'll let him tell you all about it, but definitely go and check it out. Um, and Kobe now, I think, has realised his own worth. Yeah. And... That's a good thing and a bad thing because, <laughs> you know, he said in his exit presser that he wants to talk about being a starter. Now, I think the narrative that was sold uh, around the, the social media um, sites everywhere was that he was demanding a starting role. But if you listen to the presser, he doesn't say that. What he says is, is something that needs to be part of the discussion. Yeah. So, I mean, he might not necessarily be pushing for a starting role in the upcoming season, but it could be something that he may want to be looking at within the course of the season. Do you know? So, I don't know how that works into into the decision making for him and for the Bulls, but we'll see. We'll see how it how it pans out. After the way he played, I would like to see him come back. Uh, he's been fantastic off the bench. Um, I'd hate to see that ruined by him stepping um, prematurely into a starting role. Yeah. Now, I'll start with my grade. And as I said in, in the group, um, Kobe, for me, is the only player that gets an A last season. And that's purely because of the turnaround that he had. Um you know, by no means was he the best player we had, as we've said before. You know that was Zach. Yeah. But in terms of what Kobe brought, it was just what we needed, and the fact that he went from, um, you know, the player that people were putting into trade rumours and stuff like that. You know, to get out of Bulls and, um, you know, obviously the big debate at the start of the season was who gets that starting role in place of Lonzo 
and you know Kobe's name wasn't even mentioned you know because people didn't want him here mm. so for him to now go to becoming the the person that or the player that Bulls fans are demanding that we re-sign and also you know putting in that talk of starting point guard it's just you know, if that turnaround for me is is something that needs to be sort of celebrated and stuff like that. As you said, I have put a piece out on uh, Uh Go check it out. Um, just basically going back to obviously his draft and the fact that I think that he's had a he's had a tough start to his NBA career. When um, you look at you break it all down, you know, obviously not the only one drafted at that time that had to deal with COVID and everything that come with that with the league shutting down and obviously Bulls and then not getting to the bubble and then second year shortened year again um, still Covid restrictions and then his start of his third year he was out with a shoulder injury yeah. so he's had it tough and I think obviously last year was the first year he's had a what you'd class as a proper pre-season uh, off-season should I say you know and obviously he's clearly gone and worked with um Johnny dribble too much, and who obviously also works with Chris Paul and Demar Derozan, and you know, so he's not a bad skills coach, skills trainer, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, he does the right job. <laughs> um, so obviously, it massively improved Kobe's game, and you know, yeah, we have to re-sign him. There's no doubt about that. And as I've said all along, I just don't see him. I don't see the need for him to be that starting point guard. I think you take away a lot of what he brings by putting him into that position. Um, as Troy said, you've got to keep him with P. Will. They've obviously got that friendship, they've got that connection. And if that happens to be off the bench, as we saw, then so be it. If it's in the starting lineup, then yeah, I don't know. I think I just don't think Kobe's a, a point guard. I think you know, and he's admitted that himself as well, hasn't he? Yeah, he's a, yeah. He says he's a guard. So, yeah, obviously, as always, remains to be seen what actually ends up happening with him. But for me, he wasn't the best player on the team, but he's the only one that gets an A grade as well. So, which might sound a bit contradictory. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've got anything else on him. No, no, I have nothing else to add. Uh, I agree with everything that's been said. And the last one, the second half of the Carolina boys. Mm. Your guy. My Patrick, guy. Patrick Williams. Uh, he actually finished with a B- minus um, because he got a lot of B votes, but a hell of a lot of C votes as well. Um Bloody Horns podcast C plus. He had flashes of a level player. Also, totally disappeared for stretches. I blame Billy, not him though. He's not been put in a position to succeed. Would love to see them move on from Vooch and have Pat as the third option behind Zach and Damar. Uh, Samadi. He has potential to be a Luol Deng uh, type player. Problem is, the team is try to win and expecting Pat to develop right away is tough. I wish the Bills, the Bills. I wish the Bulls brought in a vet, um, three, four earlier to allow P. Will to develop off the bench more. 
uh, Gav, once again, showing glimpses, but not enough. NBA, but not enough. NBA is the big boy league and seems reluctant to put on his big boy pants and play. Nothing is given in this league and seems he is scared to take. Um, and then Troy's right up. After a season, basically lost to a broken wrist, to come back and play all 82, huge effort. Absolutely started off slowly, but got better as the season went on. Played his best when he didn't share the court with Damar. You can see Patrick has it. He just doesn't know it yet still. When he does, he's going to be an absolute stud. Question is, will he? Spent last summer with Damar, but for him to flourish, Damar needs to move on. Great chemistry with Kobe White. Would love to love to see Pat spend time with Kobe's ball handling coach and also learn to just realise how good he actually is and can be. If he can do that, the ceiling is the roof. Yes, I did that on purpose. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, Troy saying there he needs to spend time with Kobe's ball handling coach. I think he actually did when he went with Damar to LA. Did he? I remember. Yeah, because obviously that's Damar's coach as well. And I think as part of the thing was he was actually working out. Maybe not for long, but I think he did have a couple of workouts at least. Mm. Don't quote me on it, but you know, it does ring a bell. So, um, right, I'll go first. Yeah, go on. Because <laughs> I know obviously you could be quite excited to talk about him. I've given him a C, and obviously at the start of the year we were saying, well, we're using the analogy of Peewell Island, weren't we? Mm. Are we on Peewell Island? And I'll go back to it because I did say at the start of the year I'll give him 20 games um, to show where he's at. And then when we got to that 20 games, it kind of not shown anything more or anything less. He was just still still there. And I did say at the time that, you know, I was on Peewell Island and stuff like that. And obviously as the season's gone on, I've packed my bags a few times. Um, I've booked the flights but not quite got on them so as far as with that analogy I'm still I'm still on Peewell Island and I'm just kind of chilling on it really you know I'm not not particularly excited about staying there but I don't particularly want to get off either and I think that kind of describes Peewell as well you know it's how he is in the NBA for me you know he's, he's there but he's not not really sort of showing enough to push it um, you know obviously impressive that he played all 82 games he did seem to pick up a few injuries through the season like rolled ankles and stuff like that it's just the fact that he goes missing for 3-4 games at a time and for people to have these comparisons that he's going to be you know the next Kawhi Leonard and stuff like that I mean hopefully not with his injuries and stuff like that but <laughs> in terms of play you know, to me, it's just it's not going to be that level, and I think a few people have said it. Obviously, somebody said it then, and Hayes said it when we was on, um, on with him on Chicago Bulls Central. That he's just seeing being like a, a Luol Deng, and I'd be happy with that. You know, and, and if that's the level he gets to, then I'd I'd be happy with that. I just, you know, because it is a. A solid starter that gives 
you know, solid offence and solid defence. And that's pretty much all you want from him. You know, I think the fact that people are kind of expecting him to become this superstar, I just think that that's where the disappointment comes with him, I think, because people have got very, very high expectations of him. And I just, I personally don't think he's going to live up to them. So, yeah, over to you. Mm. Okay. So, I'll, first of all, I'll read out what I wrote. And then <laughs> I'll, um, I'll have my own bit then at the end. But, um, trying to be objective. And then I said, you know, he is my guy after all. Um, did Pat reach his expectations and hopes this year? No. Did he stagnate or regress? Also, no. I think he did improve, just not enough. See Kobe for an example on how to make a leap. <laughs> he played with more aggressiveness and showed glimpses of what he can potentially be. Just still needs to realise he is a young behemoth and learn how to use those shovel hands properly so he can keep hold of the ball. Um, so I gave him a C grade as well. Now, the frustration that lies for me with P. Will is the fact that, you know, for the most part, we can all see the potential that is there when he has his good games or he has his little flourishes. Like you can see the way he, he can uh, potentially dribble the ball and the way he can potentially move towards the rim and the way he can finish and how big he is. And I mean, he's so athletic for his size he should be dominating far more than he does. Yeah. And and that's the frustration because the potential is there. The physicality is there. He's just, I don't know if it's, he, he just doesn't realize it or if he's a little bit wary or scared of getting injured or what, I don't know. But I mean, he's only going to get bigger over the next year or so as in bulk and stature um, he needs to realise he's he's big and he's quick. He's raw talent, and he sh- and and the frustration is he shouldn't be so raw anymore. Yeah, we should be beginning to see signs of him tailoring into the player that we all want to see, and maybe his ceiling isn't quite as high as a lot of us hoped it would be. Right. Maybe potential ceiling is very, very high, but realistically the ceiling is a little lower. And to use the comparison to Luol Deng, like you said, man, if we could get another Luol Deng playing <laughs> on the Bulls, I don't think you'd find a Bulls fan that would be disappointed with that. No. Like, I, I'd, I'd, I'd take him as that kind of a player any day. Yeah. I do think, though, he just has too much capability too much raw talent and he just what he needs is he needs his belief level and his talent and his physicality to all meet at a point and a peak together and if that happens we'll see what p will really can be but if it doesn't happen unfortunately he's always going to be a what if yeah i think i mean obviously that's the season evaluation's over and I think he's continuously going to be one of them players that we keep coming back to and Mm. discussing where we think he's at and 
and what we want to see him do and stuff like that. So I think a lot depends on what the Bulls do roster-wise as well, as to you know, because a lot of people mention Demar seems to be a bit of a problem, not mm. in terms of character, in oh, terms God, no. of just being there. <laughs> You know, whether it's towards Vooch, towards P. Will, towards Zach, whatever. So, obviously now we've finished the evaluations, we'll uh, start looking towards what we want to see from Bulls moving forward, I think, over the next few episodes. Uh, I don't know if you've got anything else? No, no. No, well, we aim to be back on Thursday with, hopefully, quite a, a special episode. Hopefully. You don't want to miss that one. Uh, won't say anything else. Nope. And uh, tomorrow night we are having our inaugural Seared um, UK Fantasy WNBA draft. Um, and no, none of us really know a lot about the WNBA, to be fair. No. So anybody listening that does... If you want to drop in the comments some players that we should look out for. <laughs> yeah, that would be really helpful. <laughs> you know, um, it'll be there for everybody to see, so it's not like we're trying to gain an advantage. <laughs> but just names of who, who you'd pick first in the draft and who could be a, a sneaky little pickup would be quite handy. Um, yeah, yeah. It'd probably all go to shit anyway, but never mind. And, and do feel free to send them to me directly via the <laughs> so that Matt doesn't see them <laughs> so yeah um, yeah that's tomorrow night for us uh, obviously we've uh, had the fantasy league going for two years in the normal NBA and it's been fun so hopefully mm-hmm. this is no different and apart from that uh, I've got nothing else so uh, as always I've been Matt you can find me on Twitter at UK. And you can find us on all the socials at CRED UK and obviously now CREDUK.com. Go check it out. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter at Neil CRED UK. Uh, as always, we'd like to thank you for having uh, uh, tuning into us and having us playing through your headphones or uh, car stereo or wherever it is you listen to us. Um, do feel free to leave comments uh, or send DMs with the people to pick for the WNBA draft tomorrow night. Um, we are both still active and will be continually active throughout the off-season. Um, please do subscribe, rate and review us, uh, preferably with a five-star review. Um, we have the fa- Facebook group still active. And as Matt says, we now have CRedUK.com. Until next time, wherever you are in the world, CRED go balls and make sure you tune in this Thursday you won't want to miss it it's time for the percolator